0: Here we are. Well, fourth episode. We have had some good feedback so far.
1: Yeah, we had some some great feedback.
0: We're trying to get. I'm trying to get some attention for the podcast because we're all about the fame. We're fame whores. That's what we're doing this for. We're doing it to get like big. Maybe be on the Today Show. Yeah. Ha- maybe get our own like TLC I'm, show. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um. So that's that's what we're doing. And so I've been trying to look up ways to get more view uh listeners and some people said just focus on content that's what's most important good content people will follow i disagree i'm a, i'm about gimmicks just <laughs> yeah, novelty gimmicky things Have somebody follow us sound effects All i'm day. trying to i'm trying to think of stuff like that so i came up with something okay Oh God! I think you're gonna like it. We're just gonna, before each show, we'll we'll have like a gimmick or a deal. So, oh my God, I'll I, go through it.
1: I have no idea
0: what this is, by the way. You'll like
1: it. It's
0: good for both of us. I'll go through it, and then at the end, you just say, "I'm Carly Gracie, and I approve this message." Oh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> Listen, I ask so little of you. <laughs> What I'm thinking about is we're going to do a 30-day guarantee with our podcast. What's the, th- the guarantee, you're wondering? Yeah, pretty much. If someone listens to this for 30 days, we guarantee, all right, folks, listen, we guarantee you will be able to submit the top black belt at your school. Guarantee it. So how do you keep us accountable? Well, if you don't do that, Croyler will come to the school and submit the black belt for you. <laughs> He will pay to do that. He will pay for the flight. He will pay for the lodging. Hopefully, you'll have a place he can stay. If not, he'll get a hotel. But the thirty-day guarantee—you listen for thirty days straight. You will start submitting the black belts. If not, he's coming down to the school for you.
1: Go. Oh, that I. I, say I my name is Craig Gracie, and I do not approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so. Fine, we'll just begin the podcast with music the boring way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about chokes chokes. Definitely the most famous of submissions. If you're a human who lives on this earth, you've seen chokes from action movies
1: to video games, the WWE. There's so many different types of chokes. You may even, you know, been choked before, you know, in a fight or seen somebody get choked in a fight.
0: Everyone has a different conception of what a choke is. You think some people think a choke is more of a strangle. You have both arms extended and you're just wringing the person's neck. Yeah. Other people think of a choke as one of the mini flashy WWE chokes where you can like reach behind and what is I, that called? I, I don't know. I I'd never really got into WWE I've too much. I've
1: never seen uh, like more than what's a commercial for WWE in I, my life.
0: Have you seen I don't know if I don't think this would be a joke. There's a move where, like, they're back to back and the guy puts his arm around the other guy's yeah, neck I've and jumps people, up. I've and... seen people
1: do that on, on <laughs> Facebook, like, on videos and stuff, but I, I don't know what that is. So that's not a jujitsu move. No. Oh. No. There's also like the force chokes, you know, like Darth Vader, where you just look at somebody. Definitely
0: the coolest of jokes.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a fan.
0: Coolest of jokes of chokes in fiction. In the real life, when you see videos of people who think they can do that type of thing, it's the saddest. Well, it's the funniest.
1: You know, I, every time I see videos of like those invisible chokes or like the force push, you know, where people get knocked out from you know no touch knockouts. Every time I see that part of me is like, you know, I wish that was true so that I could quit jujitsu and just do that because it'd be way cooler to just look at people and knock them out.
0: Yeah. And why do you want to put your hands on some like dirty, grimy stranger if you can just purely send some type of energy that causes their
1: throat to close? And then every time I slap myself and I tell myself to quit being stupid.
0: Yeah. Well, all this to say that chokes are out there. Everyone knows what a choke is. But the great part about jiu-jitsu is we learn what a real choke looks like. Oh, before I get into that, does anything come to mind? I was thinking through chokes I've seen that are horrible. Have you seen any movies or TV shows that stand out where it like takes you out of the movie that you're watching because a choke is so bad that it looks insane and not oh, even man. close to reality?
1: I have to think about that
0: one. I'm, I, sh- I'm sure I've seen one. I saw recently a good version of a choke that surprised me. I was reading a comic book, it was a Spider-Man comic book, and he was choking a guy and his hands were perfect. Huh. I thought the person that made this definitely has a knowledge of what a rear naked choke looks like. Another thing, this is completely, un- it's kind of related, rear naked choke. I was at work and I was talking about jujitsu as you do and this was a prior job where the place I worked, no one did jujitsu. And I said a rear naked choke, and everyone stopped and looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and they said, What did you say? I said, oh, Rear naked choke. And they're like, w- What about rear naked? And immediately I realized how awkward sounding rear naked choke sounds and the imagery that puts in someone's head.
1: Yeah, and that's like an American name for it, you know? What's, the, what the, is the... the. The real name is Mataleon. Which it translates to like the lion killer choke.
0: I would have sounded much cooler if I said that Matillion. in the horror place, or the lion killer choke, yeah, and not a
1: rear naked choke. Yeah, you know, I never knew what That was like, well, it took me about two or three months of being in America to understand that the rear naked choke actually meant like the lion killer choke.
0: Why we know rear
1: behind choke, we get it. Where does the naked come in? No gi. No gi. Not having the gi, right? Naked mm. bear or naked back. Naked bear. Yeah, bare back, naked back. So, yeah, don't say it. Both no. of those sound much worse. They sound horrible, don't they? The naked bare back joke. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> um, a good place to start is, there are two types of jokes.
1: Right. So, um, you know, ultimately, when, I mean, if, if the goal is to choke somebody, right? Um, we have to define like what a choke is, and there are two. You know, if we're gonna define it in my terms, you have choke or asphyxiations, where you're stopping the body from bringing oxygen from the outside to inside inside of your body, like through your lungs and etc. Um, and there are chokes where you stop the oxygenated blood from getting to the brain, and that would be an strangulation, right? So. Um, If we keep that in mind throughout the podcast, I think it'll be less confusing Mm. where a choke would be something where the air cannot come in um, or asphyxiation, same thing. And then where strangulation is a reduction in blood flow from the heart to the brain. Okay. I think that's the, the easiest place to start. Yeah. So I mean, like when when people think of chokes, especially in fighting, the the most iconic one is the rear naked choke. Everybody sees it. Everybody quote unquote knows how to do it. You know, it's like the sleeper hold in wrestling, right? And um, the 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 sad reality is most people don't know how to apply it, and they apply it incorrectly. Um, the the rear naked choke is a is an strangulation right we're stopping the blood flow from the heart to the brain it does impede um airflow from the outside to the lungs but that's not the primary goal um we're looking simply to create a blockage between the heart and the brain by you know collapsing the um carotid arteries and um the 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 cool thing with that is a lot of people think it takes a lot of like strength, like when you talked about movies earlier, anytime you see somebody applying a rear naked, like they're making all sorts of, you know, mean faces. They like, look like they're squeezing or constipated or whatever. Um, the reality is it only takes, you know, five, to, I think I read I read it a while ago, a long time ago. Um, I think it takes like five to, five to seven pounds of pressure um, to collapse the arteries.
0: That's nothing at all, which, no. it, which is one of the things that surprised me when I first learned it was how I could choke anyone, any size, and how a child could easily choke me if they just knew how to do it. Right.
1: Right. And and that's the, the ultimate test. You get a, a small five, six, seven-year-old, teach them the rear naked and have them squeeze. People will go out um, versus where an exfixation, right? Right. Um, we're stopping the air from coming in. I think it takes like, again, this was back when I was looking this stuff up like crazy. Um, like when were you doing this? Me, this, yeah. um, oh, I did it years ago. Like, what were you Googling? How, like, Oh, I was just looking like, at I, first, I how start, long does it take to choke somebody? Well, no, I started off with like, you know, um, you know, what happened, like long-term damage from asphyxiation and, you know, you know, loss of consciousness to, to, um, the brain not getting oxygen, and did did you choke someone for too long? And you're like, oh shit! And later oh. you were
0: googling, like, how long does it take to damage the brain? <laughs> no. I need to
1: cover my bases. No, I think I think it was it was back when um, the I think about I don't know 10, 11 years ago, twelve years ago, um, in football. And and I have never seen a football game, but in in during football, players were getting really popularized about their brain injuries mm-hmm. right later in life and, and so on. And I think that's when people were talking about like concussion damage, right? Which there's a ton of studies on boxing, Muay Thai, football. I mean, you pick a sport, there's a concussion damage. And part of me was like, you know, what kind of damage you know, are we doing long-term with choking? So I started looking at all sorts of stuff, you know, that's when, you know, I found out like facts, like the five to seven pounds of pressure for, for, for the artery to collapse versus, you know, I think it's like 27 to 30 pounds of pressure to stop um, airflow from the outside in Um, that's why a choke like an improperly done guillotine where your forearm is across the trachea takes so much longer to finish than a well-applied guillotine where we collapse the sides of the neck um so yeah i looked all sorts of crazy stuff way back in the day Um, but i
0: imagine you doing this in like your junior high computer lab at school and you're all sitting down, <laughs> and there, there's like a kid next to you, and he just glances over, and you're looking at how many pounds of pressure it takes to collapse the carotid. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was it was probably like I was probably a freshman or a, or a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. you know. And then you, you look at other other factors too, like most people don't realize there it's almost impossible to fully stop blood flow to the brain because you have arteries in your vertebrae that run up through your spine. Um, and you would need like an in- immense amount of pressure to to block those two because mm. they're, you know, they run alongside the, the spinal column, the, the vertebrae, they go, you know, sometimes in between um, and it's, you're not gonna be able to collapse all that. So um, in any choke, you're never stopping 100% of the, the blood flow to the brain. So with types of chokes, the two
0: that we broke down, mm-hmm a lot of times there's crossover right before yeah but between which uh, when you're applying the choke sometimes it's the asphyxiation sometimes right. it's the uh, what was the other the the um uh, strangulation strangulation yes with a rear naked choke mm-hmm. if you do it properly it's right. going to
1: be the strangulation affi- strangulation right because you're cutting the blood flow from the heart to the brain okay that's why a rear naked also does not hurt I properly done, re naked, should not hurt. It feels like a lot of pressure, but no, there's no pain involved. Oh, I see. Okay, something like a triangle would be the same concept, the same idea. And in fact, the vast majority of chokes in jujitsu um, are blood chokes because of their higher level of efficiency. Not because somebody knew this back in Japan, you know, two, three, four, five, six hundred years ago. Um, more so because of the efficiency. It was simply evolution. You know, like what is the most efficient way to choke somebody out? I can squeeze somebody's neck for 40 seconds to put them out or five seconds to put them out. Right. So I think um, a lot of the, the air chokes got eliminated, but you still still get them today. You know, um, like I said, guillotine is probably the most common instance. You teach a guillotine to, to a white belt and you teach a, the same guillotine to a purple belt. The purple belt We'll make sure it's a clean blood choke, cutting both sides of the neck, where a white belt is simply gonna put their forearm across somebody's throat and squeeze, you know, and then they burn themselves out trying to get that choke. And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. Um, There are pros and cons to each choke, even though the uh, strangulations are far more efficient. Um, But like an example of a benefit to an asphyxiation is um, air hunger. So, have you, have you ever been like in a situation where you thought you were drowning? Yes. Yeah, so like when you what was the only thing that was in your mind? Uh, just
0: trying to get my head above water to right. get a little bit and of it's air. It's almost
1: painful, right? Like mm. the fear becomes almost like physically painful. You just become panicked. Correct. Yeah, or or um, think the last time somebody tried like collapsing your trachea and the lack of air and the needing to come up for air right that's that's air hunger and you don't get that with a blood choke you know how many times have you been blood choked and escaped and gone oh my god air you know usually it's like okay i'm out and you move on right where a poorly applied guillotine is an example where we're crushing the trachea as soon as i go there is that feeling of oh my gosh, like air, and you take this deep breath and you feel good about it, right? So in an exfixation, like I said, there is a benefit to using um, the the air hunger to your benefit. If you know somebody who is a cardio machine and they're gonna outpace you and get you tired and exhausted, doing a bunch of air chokes and then stopping the airflow from the outside coming in, will cause them to throw off their breathing. It'll cause them to focus only on that. The energy, the pain that they feel will drain energy from them versus a blood choke. It'll be acknowledged. But if you fail, they'll move on and there's no no air hunger there.
0: That was something you mentioned just yesterday in class, actually, that I never had thought about was a choke could be used... Strategically, as a way of, it can start to fatigue people. Absolutely. Unlike a joint lock, right? You go, th- you you get out of multiple choke attempts, and you do start to feel worn down. You're right. breathing. Um, that disruption does cause you to be tired. So it, is, it yeah, that is a useful way, uh, and something that you could definitely take into consideration when you're rolling with someone. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, Wagner Hasha. Um, Uh, I don't remember which EBI he was. It was one of the the combat jujitsu EBI's. He took somebody's back. I forget who it was too. He took his back, he, um, I think he put the hooks, he took one arm out of the equation, like he put his leg over the arm and then he controlled the other arm and he only had one hand instead of doing like a one-handed rear naked or something like that. He simply cupped the guy's nose and mouth (laughs) and just held it, right? But this was after, you know, a long match, they're going back and forth. They've been competing all day. So they're already tired. They're already fatigued. And as soon as he couldn't breathe, it, it, to him, the, the, the air hunger was so real, right? Not that he, I mean, he would have choked regardless, but the air hunger was so real that he tapped maybe even a little bit too soon, you know, because it was a panic. Like you said, a panic tap, like that's air hunger. That's manifestation in your body. You feel like you're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, where like, you know, you're naked, it feels really, really tight. And you may even think, man, this sucks, but at no point do you think you're dying.
0: Rear naked chokes, they are, like you said earlier,
1: a choke
0: that is, if it's done right, it doesn't hurt very badly, as opposed to some of the ones that come to mind, like a bow and arrow, where right. where that would be, what what would you classify that
1: under? So, um, I forget what the proper term is in English. Um, Guy chokes, lapel chokes, um, Especially ones where you're you're not using the grip to increase your ability to squeeze their neck, but you're using the their gi as the apparatus to choke them. Um, I forget if it's like ligature ligature choking. There's a proper term for it. I'll have to go back and look. But um, think of like a noose, like a like a rope that's use for hanging, right? So with with the gi, using the gi as a tool to choke somebody like the the bow and arrow, you can cover a much wider area because there's much more gi than, than you have arm length. So you could have combos in, in gi chokes where you cut the you know a little bit of the blood and a little bit of the air and the overall effect come out to, to that. Okay. And now, a bow and arrow is a very vicious choke and I would consider a bow and arrow both an air and a blood choke. Mm-hmm. One of the
0: other benefits to chokes is, unlike a joint lock, there's no way to push through it right if you have someone who's double jointed they get out of a joint like if you have someone who just is very uh, ornery and will not give into an arm bar it may buy them just enough time to hitchhike out of it or or they can always even if you break someone's arm let's say in a street fight they could stand up, and if it's a big guy, they may be able to beat you up with with one arm broken.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, uh, have you ever seen Hajer versus uh, Jack Ray back in, like, the 98, 99? Um, You know, know, Jack Ray was up a couple points, and Hajer attacked his arm. And I've actually watched an interview years later that they did, maybe five years ago, where they they put the two of them in a room, and they're friends, you know, and they, they're friends now, back then they were rivals, and they put them in the room, and they said, hey, you know, let's talk about the broken arm. It's the only match that they're, they're, they're made them watch. And um, Jack Ray said, yeah, I broke my own arm. You know, If you go back in the match, he, the way he defends the arm bar.
0: If you haven't seen this match, pause pause this and just go watch it right now because it's worth it, every minute of it. Absolutely,
1: yeah. So it goes back and forth. You know, Jack Ray scores a couple points early on. Hajar pulls guard, Hajar arm bars, like a basic white belt arm bar, you know, but it's Hajar your Gracie, you're not gonna stop that arm bar. And Jacare wanted to slip out, and he stepped over Hazier. And in that step, he felt the armbar get a little loose. But once his foot landed, his weight went into the armbar, and that's what broke his elbow. Okay. Right. Um, But he he refused to like give in, so he put his arm inside his gi and just tucks it, tucks
0: it in right along with the like the The belt. yeah. Yeah.
1: And and he fought the the remaining like seven minutes or something crazy like that and he won on points. So like that's a that's a great was example. Is there that much time left after he broke Oh it? yeah it was ridiculous long uh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Part. Oh yeah. It's it's a ridiculously long match. And you know he played the rules and he beat Hajar on, on the rule setting, right? He was up on points. He made sure he was always going out of bounds. His gi was always coming undone so he'd have time to tuck that back in. Back then they didn't stop the time if you went out of bounds or if your gi came undone. So he, he played the game, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But it's impressive he had the uh the wherewithal to play the game while his arm was broken. Most well, people would just be in panic mode. Right.
1: Most people would be screaming, Oh God, yeah. my arm is broken, you know? Um yeah, he, he he just he toughed it out. You know, that's a great example of a guy who said, You know what, my arm is broken, but I can continue fighting, right? And and if it wasn't Hajra Gracie, if it'd been somebody who didn't know as much, Jack Ray might've even been able to submit them, right? Imagine if it had been a guy in a fight that somehow broke Jack Ray's arm, who doesn't know a whole lot, right? And now Jack Ray has got a broken arm, but he can fight six, seven minutes more. You know, like that's a scary thought. Mm -hmm. But you know, the choke, you get choked and you resist, you're just gonna go out. Like (laughs) there's no, no tough guy there, you know?
0: And a lot of times being the smaller opponent helps with the choke i've found because if i'm trying to slip an arm in will will you keep going back to the rear naked choke as an example it's easier to slip my skinny tiny little arm under someone's neck um as to opposed to someone who has like a big tree
1: trunk forearm right. like you trying to slide that in right exactly it is much more difficult you know and this goes back to like the application of chokes right so um, if you look at people like, oh, you know, a big guy is always gonna apply a tighter choke. Not true, because the, the mechanics of applying choke, you're essentially what you're doing in a choke is applying force to a specific location, whether it's the trachea or the arteries or both, right? So with a big form, I have a large surface area covering your neck, right? So for me to focus that force is very difficult so i have to generate far more energy to apply overall the same amount of pressure that you would in my in the surface area that i'm covering than you would with a smaller surface area does that make sense it does yeah so you know you know if i have a big big form i have to apply let's say let's say 7 pounds of pressure right in the example so 7 pounds of pressure in the entire area that i'm choking while well, you have to do the same in a much smaller area sure so you may not be able to have the weight that I have, or you know, let's say you not be as strong as maybe I am, um, but you don't have to apply as much force to generate the same. You don't have to apply the same amount of strength to generate the same amount of force. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, the the choke is king because it does not matter who applies. The mechanics still work. The the ability to generate force is roughly the same between all sizes. It can be scarier with a bigger guy, but it does not necessarily mean that it's any tighter of a choke.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is there a choke that's like holds a special place in your heart one that you you
1: just yeah, love to pull off? Oh, um yeah, I have a I have a loop choke I do from butterfly that I'm I'm particularly very fast yes. at. Yes.
0: And I've I've kind of you're talking about the one where you cross cross grip and then the hand comes around top of the head. Yep. I love that one.
1: Yeah, I hit it all the time. All the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've I've adopted it. I'm trying to use it so much now that it becomes my choke. But oh, okay. But for now, it's still yours. <laughs> okay, for now. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we go through, we'll pull in a little history here. When jujitsu starting off, what are most of the chokes that we're seeing at the time? So you know, again, if we, if we go back to history,
1: right? Back a little farther, if we're in
0: jujitsu or uh, judo.
1: They don't do chokes do they they do do chokes in fact some of the most vicious chokes you're ever going to see are in corrected. judo um but let's go back before judo right so when it was japanese jujitsu the the issue there the reason why grappling took place was because of fighting armored opponents so if you if you ran out of arrows if your sword broke if things went south you'd have to find a way to either apply a joint lock or a choke hold on somebody that's armored because punching armor doesn't do anything. So, and you can kind of see how that became judo very quickly due to, you know, taking somebody down who's armored was very, very needed. I mean, you're not just gonna walk around in a, somebody in a battlefield and just get behind them and choke them, right, you're mm-hmm. gonna take them down. And then the choking became very, very important. But if somebody's wearing armor, it's like you're gonna put your hands around somebody's neck and squeeze, right? And and the chokes became very prevalent. And the, the chokes that would be most efficient would be the ones that would, you know, stop the blood flow. So rear nakeds, um, guillotines, and things of the such were probably the most efficient chokes back then. Now, when you move forward a few hundred years, and now it's becoming judo. Now you are in a gi to train, right? Because it's easier to train to- tosses with the gi. So in judo. Um, and and if, if any of the listeners um, knows the rule setting better than I do, please correct us. Um, but in judo, a perfect toss is an ippon, and, and you win the fight, right? If you don't do a perfect toss, meaning they don't fall square on their shoulders, it's half of an ippon. There's a term for it. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, and then it means you have to hold the opponent down for 30 seconds. And if you can take them down and then pin them for 30 seconds, then you get the other half and you win. Now, the kicker is in judo, if there's a level change, they stand you up. So let's say I take you down, but I remain standing and you're laying down, they'll have us both stand up. Okay. Right. That's why if you look at judo, a lot of the tosses, they, they roll through because if they don't get the epon, they'll try to pin. Okay. okay. Now go back and look at any videos tonight even, look up judo chokes. Um, those guys don't wanna fall on their back. Because if they fall on their shoulders, the match is over. And if it's not perfect, but they're still on their backs, they can be pinned and lose. So a lot of judo um, practitioners, when they get tossed, they try to land on their knees or on their hands and knees, like all fours in turtle. So you see some of the wicked, like the most wicked, like clock chokes, bow and arrows, like very fast, aggressive chokes from turtle position, because that's where they're they're trying to create the level change so they can get up. And uh, you'll see lots of people getting like choked the fuck out in judo like those guys won't tap you know because an Olympic sports there's especially in the high level those guys are it's a livelihood for them right they they can become sponsored they can go in the world the Olympics they you know make money off of their performance so a lot of those those judo guys refuse to tap and they will go out like. <laughs> out out <laughs> you just see a bunch of limp bodies oh yeah it's crazy just, if you look up just like uh judo judo olympic highlights or judo you know choke outs or whatever you'll see some crazy crazy uh, you know people just being gone <laughs> so judo does choke absolutely the least. absolutely they, they they're very vicious like i said and some of those guys you know in jujitsu you win the world title you don't get paid like there's no money for that and sure somebody may sponsor you but most jujitsu sponsorships are, are not very good i mean you get gear you get geese clothes you're not building a but they're not paying ba- you a mansion app with those no know. so you know in judo if you are an olympic level judo fighter right and you perform really well at the very least you'll be able to be part of the olympic team as a coach or as an assistant at some point in the future right you look at ronda rousey she she i don't think she even got gold and you know she that's how she got into ufc you know like that was her end. she was this judo olympic fighter right so um those guys i mean like the judo fighters they take it so they allow themselves to get choked out so much more than than judo than jujitsu guys right um, yeah so in judo you see a lot of lot of you know very quick chokes from turtle position very rarely though do you see guard chokes or triangles or you know side mount chokes because if there's a level change let's say in guard the guy stands up in your guard you gotta, you gotta split up right if you're in side mount and they're there for more than 30 seconds either you've pinned the guy and you won or they're gonna stand you up anyways mm-hmm. so it doesn't allow for opportunity in that route
0: so that's where we see some of the choke coming from, judo. Mm-hmm. Once
1: Carlos and Elio get a hold of Race. the game, what do they start doing? So then, then you got to look at like Carlos and Elio, right? So uh, maybe my grandfather, maybe even a little bit more than Elio. Um, sorry, my, my Elio even more than Carlos. So um, you know, my grandfather um, was a small guy, was frail. Could he throw people absolutely i think he even has like an honorary um like black belt or a couple degrees in black belt and judo um he could toss people absolutely there's footage of him doing some beautiful throws but um when he fought guys especially let's say when he, they, he challenged the japanese right you know those guys were you know years ahead on their throws So every time my grandfather fought one of them, he got launched and there's actually footage of him just getting tossed around quite a bunch. But then when it got to the ground, however, the judo guys were used to the whole 30 seconds and you're up and my grandfather would keep him on the ground. And because my grandfather was okay with being in the bottom right, for longer periods of time than let's say the 30 seconds, then strangulations from the bottom became a thing cross collar chokes, you know, guillotines became far more effective. You know, judo, I don't know when, but within the last 30 years or so, they removed the leg attacks so they can't do double legs in judo anymore, where back then they could. So like Mm. judo lost the ability to do guillotines, where for my grandfather, that was essential because somebody shoots a double leg on you, that's a a easy entry to a choke. Um, You look at triangles, set up from the bottom you know side mount if you get the guy on top it doesn't matter you can hold him down for 30 seconds if you can't do harm to him then you're not winning so then the development of chokes from side mount and from top mount they became far more um required and far more practiced so i, I don't i don't know what all chokes my grandfather is created with creating um my, my grandfather himself never claimed to have created Jiu either, by the way. He always called it the developing, right? So the Jiu that he developed, so he called it like, his, it was an adaptation for himself that just happened to work for you, right? Okay. So I don't, I don't know that he would ever even say, oh, I created this choke or that choke. But um, when it comes to mind with my grandfather, it was through the cross collar choke. Um, he was super, super effective with it. He choked a lot of his fights. He won a lot of his fights with cross collar choke. And uh, he used to be able to choke people without ever finishing the choke. His grip positioning was so good that he could cause the five to seven pounds of pressure on their arteries and shut them down long before he, he even advanced in the choke.
0: The cross collar choke's an interesting one because it's one of the first ones that a lot of people learn and it's tough to hit at least for me I I don't have a super high success rate with it it could just be me is it one do you think maybe it's people all learn that and so they kind of are always looking for it yeah so like maybe it's just me maybe I'm just bad at it
1: (laughs) no so I will I will tell you that like with me uh I learned cross college chokes when I was a little kid and it worked really well for like a year and then it didn't for like ever it wasn't until it was a purple belt that I started hitting back in, into my game um, and, and the reason for it and i and the choke is efficient mm-hmm. it's it's yeah know, there's
0: no doubt once you sink it in right. it does it does the trick yeah
1: it's it's energy efficient it's you know uh, efficient in the sense that it chokes the person it's energy efficient isn't it doesn't tire you out um, you can hit it just about anywhere, you know. um So why aren't people hitting it more often? And I think it's exactly what you said. We learn it early on, right? And everything that you learn early on, you try to use it right away. So even if, like I said, I don't allow white belts to roll with white belts, right? But let's say I did. What you would see as far as chokes in the white belt class, if the white belts are rolling with each other, would just be the the cross collar and the rear naked the Mm -hmm. guillotine that's the three chokes right because those are the three iconic ones you learn at white belt so those are going to be the chokes that you hit a lot and at first you might be successful with it because you might be a little bit faster or you understand it a little bit more but soon everybody gets hip to it because that's your only three attacks Mm -hmm. and you'll like i said that happens early on and then forever you keep building that up right so um so a lot of people are like, oh, it's not as effective. No, it's super effective. It's so effective that you learn to defend it as a white belt because you have to for survival, right? And people are like, well, there's no there's no high level guys doing cross collar chokes. Shut up. There's plenty of guys doing cross collar chokes at high levels. You know, Salo Ribeiro did a bunch of them. The the most iconic person at a high level to do cross collar chokes. And you have Krone. you have Haja Gracie. You know, Haja was, you know, incredible with them. You, you look at any footage, I think 2007 or eight, I think he cross-collared everybody from out. There was not a single world-class black belt that could stop him. He took them down, passed their guard, mounted, put the hooks in him out, cross-collared. Every single Every, person that year. Yes, look it up. It's insane. And it's boring. Like you watch one of the matches. How would you like to be the guy that he's fighting towards the end of the year
0: who's warming up and he's just thinking to himself, Oh God, he's gonna he's gonna go for the cross collar. He's yeah. gonna go for it. You know what? It's cool. I know what he's going for. He can't hit it. And then five minutes later you're you
1: have him sinking in a cross collar. Yeah, yeah. Hager, an interesting guy, man. Like the I think they said two thousand seven or eight in the world tournament, he hit everybody with the cross collar. And I think either the year before or the year so the way I looked at it, I have to go back and look at One year I actually wrote out, like, cause I, I used to look at trends. What are the trends that, you know, what are the submissions that are happening more? Where are the, the sweeps? And I used to map that out and have like percentages and stuff like at a world-class level. So I could see what, what is a trend. And you can always see a shift and stuff. So I spent like years of my life analyzing that stuff. Um, now there's websites that do it for you.
0: Were you single during this time? Yeah. Okay, i yeah. just curious.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. So um, that's, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> unrelated. Yeah, completely unrelated. Um, no, so I think one year has your pulled guard and armbarred everybody from guard. And then I think like the next year, the following year, he took everybody down, because there was a criticism of like, hey, he can't take people down. So he made sure he took everybody down, passed their guard, cross-collared them from top mount. And then the following year, he took everybody's back and choked them from the back, you know. And uh, in fact, I think one of the one of the later matches, I think semifinals, um, he fought this guy. I forget who it was. And this guy, like he, like you said, people are watching. They know what he's doing to everybody. So this guy came out super aggressive, and Hajar let himself get thrown. Like, he didn't even defend the takedown. This guy set up the takedown, like a judo toss, you know, e you know, over the shoulder, and he went to toss, and then midair, Hajar puts the hooks, sinks the the choke from the back, and as soon as they hit the ground, Hajar chokes him. So, like, you know, Hajar is an interesting cat. He He kind of trumps everything, you know? Was this an
0: unspoken rule that he had each season where he'd say I'm doing or each year when he'd say I'm doing this this and this or would he come
1: out and say you know what this year is going to be the year of the cross joke I don't know I've never asked him I've never talked to him about it I do think that when you're at a level like his you get really bored right I mean like you're going to win so why not create a personal challenge I'm going to beat everybody this way and nobody's going to do a damn thing to stop me I can't imagine being on that level oh yeah it's insane is there anyone who comes close in your mind to Hodger oh, competing? Oh, no, no, nobody. You know, people are, you know, like there's always a new wave. There's always an up and comer. There's always somebody who's incredible coming up, right? And and you look at guys like Gary Tonin, like Gordon Ryan, who are really hot right now. Um, but they don't even compare it to Hajar Gracie because Hajar did it for like, I don't know, like 10 years or something like that. And he did a gi, he did a no gi. He, he was doing it with such effortlessness to everybody that, I, and, and it wasn't just nobodies. I mean, they, they were like, the top guys you know guys that are legends now and he was just walking right through them um you know the dude was never submitted in competition i think he had like four losses in his whole career and like it's just by points uh, yes yes in fact one of them was to shunji Hibeto and it was an advantage it wasn't even a point you know so like again the dude's incredible so no i don't think anybody in in modern jitsu compares to Hajar.
0: and he comes back what a few years ago he came back and,
1: last year. But that was just last year. Yeah, he came okay. back and just beat the the reigning ultra heavyweight guy. You know, three time back to back ultra heavyweight, and just beat him because he can. A guy, the guy that he beat Bouchesha, right? It's like ten or I just saw he like he just got into the Guinness wor- World Record ten or eleven world titles. Like it's like the highest you know ever. And Hajar just comes back out of retirement six years later, much older than Bouchesha, and just makes quick work of him, you know, and it's nothing against Bushish. It's no, 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 no knock on him. He's just that good. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, for the rest of us who aren't that good and can't finish
0: people <laughs> with whatever we want, let's go back to just basic submissions mm-hmm. uh jokes. What do you see most? What are some of the most common mistakes you'll see? Let's stick with the three beginning ones we talked about. We go rear naked, uh, guillotine and cross collar. collar. Okay. First of all, why are those the fir- kind of the basic ones that we start off with?
1: They're relatively simple to apply and they're going to be from places that you're going to find yourself in more often than not, you know, like guillotine. Take a take somebody who's never trained and say, "Hey, I'm going to put you in a competition." His most likely submission is going to be a guillotine because People that know more are gonna try to shoot and take him down with a double leg or single leg and expose themselves, right? And, and if the guy is successful in, in controlling the fight, maybe he cannot submit. He'll end up in you know the back rear naked or he'll end up in Mount guard and then the cross collars become very easily available. So I think, I think that's why, plus they're iconic, kind of something you have to learn early on to say, yeah, I do jujitsu. I know how to do the rear naked. You can identify on TV and kind of relate, you know, the ones that like you said are easy,
0: but can also be hit easily, not necessarily when you're rolling in the gym. And that was one thing that I remember learning was just because I don't, I learned something and I don't hit it when I'm rolling with friends at the gym, doesn't mean it's not something that won't work very well on the street. Exactly. I I remember realizing, let's say the uh, rear naked choke. In the gi, it's kind of hard to hit it on people when you're rolling with friends Mm -hmm. around your level because they know that it's common, you have to get creative. But as soon as you get someone who doesn't know anything, you can hit that all day. Super easy. Because people aren't looking for that. Right. So that, that, that was a lesson for me to learn. All right, just because I can't hit something here doesn't mean it's not going to work out on the streets. Right. And that's what I think the rear naked choke and the
1: guillotine are. Yeah. That's probably one of the reasons. I so, mean, as far really. as common mistakes, do you want common mistakes in each choke? We can do that. I mean, or we can do just trends. Let's just go with the rear naked
0: choke. Okay. It's easy. People, you see a lot of times, sink it in and their faces strain and they're squeezing. <laughs> and it's
1: so unnecessary. So So, you know... You got to keep in mind very, very easy mechanics, right? So a rear naked choke is an estrangulation, right? We are trying to stop blood flow from the heart to the brain. I don't really care if they can talk to me. I don't care if they can breathe air into their lungs or out of their lungs. That's irrelevant, right? What we're trying to do is collapse the arteries. So to do that, we have to have our biceps on one side of the neck and our forearm on the other. And most people they see on TV, hell you see UFC guys, doing this they kind of toss the arm in front and they have like a forearm that's across their throat in an extreme example in less extreme examples they have one side blocked really really well but a gap on the other side right and then the the common correction for people that train jiu-jitsu and it's it's a poor correction if 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 something is not working for a, a for a sport and a martial art that says you know technique trumps all anytime something goes wrong we just add power to it. Strength, yes. Strength will do it. Yeah, and that's horrible. So they don't ever fix the technique. So in a rear naked, making sure you have a you have a very clean bite with your bicep on one side and your forearm on the other, blocking both arteries, um, is is the first thing that you see all the time. The second thing is once it's locked in, right? People don't know how to how to squeeze. Okay, people think I need to push their head against my arm you know if i push their head really hard i can choke them but remember we're not looking to crush the trachea you can but it's going to take far more pressure right like we said in the beginning of the episode 27 to 30 psi um and it's going to take way more energy they're going to be able to last much longer because when you do an association where you're stopping the airflow from coming in what you're really trying to do is starve the body, the entire body of oxygen, not just the brain. So it takes longer, right? Think about like when you hold your breath, how long can you hold it for, 30 seconds a minute? You have to hold it that long, it's very, very tough. Um, So a lot of people think, I just gotta push their head down. It's not actually about pushing the head, it's about squeezing the neck, right? So I think a lot of people see something on TV and they assume that it's about driving the head down. But it's much more about biting and squeezing the neck with your bicep and forearm. Okay. Oh. So, like when we teach it in, in in school, we talk about flexing the biceps, right, and kind of pulling our elbows tight and into the opponent, and that's to eliminate space. And you, all you need seven pounds to collapse those arteries. The the third mistake, and this is more, it's going to be a combination of two things. The first, and, and they're going to be very similar. The first is having your choking arm, meaning the one that's around the neck and your head on the same side does not work. You need your head to be on the opposite side of your choking arm, which translates immediately to self-defense. Meaning if you ever fight somebody right in the street and you, let's say you take their back and you're like, well, I'm gonna choke them and you keep your head away from their head and you keep, or your head on the side of the choking arm their head is free to headbutt you exactly to rock their head back and hit you. So having your head on the opposite side of the choking arm and close to them will help you close that circle around their neck will help you tighten things up and it will prevent you from getting headbutted. So I think those are the, the three common mistakes with, with rear naked.
0: Okay. You know, let's just do one more. We, we're going to eventually do episodes on all different types of chokes. Okay. Well, submissions, um, but I just enjoy hearing the, the breakdowns of them.
1: Let's do uh, <laughs> guillotine. So guillotine, right? So um, any any idiot can squeeze your neck, okay? Yes. Like you Which, can, like you said, you can
0: pull someone off the street, and they at least do that. And I've learned from just rolling with new guys, if I if I just put my head there, they at least know okay, I'm gonna latch on here. Right. And I'm just gonna
1: squeeze his head. Right. So like in self defense situations, headlock is the most common thing you're going to see from people that don't know anything anything right so a guillotine is essentially just an evolved version of a headlock right a little bit a little bit more for for the layman so i think guillotines the 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 three most common factors if i were to like think about them one would be improper um, application of the choke meaning improper placement meaning my form is across the throat because a lot of people get guillotine they're like man that really hurt like that that hurt my neck or hurt my throat. Guillotines aren't supposed to do that. Right? Guillotine is supposed is supposed to be a combination of a blood choke and an air choke.
0: But Is it also a combination ever of a I don't not a neck crank, but there's like a folding of the spine that hurts a lot of
1: times, also absolutely right, absolutely. So that's where uh, a guillotine becomes a combo, right? Because, uh, like we mentioned before, in the in the rear naked example, pushing the head down will help us collapse the trachea, right? So it does it does play a role in it. But let's let's break it down a little bit further. So, what is the correct positioning for a guillotine? Right for the for a guillotine, we want our, again our forearm on one side and our bicep on the other we're going to cut the blood flow to both sides of the the neck, the artery on both sides of the neck. That's the first thing. Most people, they settle for a form across the neck.
0: So you want their head, uh, sorry, their neck right in the elbow
1: pit? Yeah, so you basically think of putting their trachea right in your elbow pit. Okay. Yeah, that's the the easiest way to to, to think about it. Um, The second thing is people believe the hand pulling up is what chokes the opponent, right? So a lot of people will then support their choking arm. The hand pulling up, you're saying? So if you have the choking arm, the Mm -hmm. one that's around the neck, Yes. right? A lot of people take their free arm and grab their choking arm and then they pull. So they grab the wrist that's kind of just along their chest Right. and they use that
0: um, non-choking arm and they almost just pull like their elbow towards the ceiling.
1: Right, And, and that does Add some to the choke, that does add some complications, especially when you go into different guillotine variations, let's say a high elbow versus an arm and guillotine. It does put a twist to it, but the real power in a, in a rear naked comes from the ability to, f- to squeeze both sides of the neck and create a separation between their head and their body. Okay, so we're gonna get to that in a second. So we have the forearm on one side, bicep on the other, We then secure our choking arm so it does not slip in a perfect world, right? And then we can go, let's say, high elbow, low elbow, or something along those lines. Let's say a low elbow, because it's very common. We grab the wrist, we secure our arm to us. So you put your elbow kind of along your rib cage. Right, right. So then we have their head underneath our armpit, one bicep, one of our biceps, our choking bicep on one side of the neck, the forearm on the other, and then we've braced all that connection to ourselves. Right, so then the question is like, okay, how do I how do I squeeze? Right, because that's the other mistake. People pull the arm up. The real squeeze comes from flexing your bicep and pinching your elbows to your body. Because again, we're trying to constrict the neck, right? Stop that blood flow. And then we can add our back to it. So we can arch our back. And as we arch our back, we're now creating an asphyxiation too, where we're folding the trachea, right? My forearm is, my elbow pit's in their neck. And as their head goes into my elbow pit, we start collapsing the trachea too. Arching the back. So are you... Like hip, hip and in. So you yeah, in, in. So you don't yes. want
0: to necessarily bend back
1: right. like no, this. No, right. It's more of a... You're hiping into them. Hip you want in. to fold their neck, right? Okay. So um, mo- like I said, most people have the forearm across the throat. They brace their choking arm and they pull up. But remember, we're trying to constrict the neck and then fold it, right? We're not trying to literally rip their head off. And then the, the, the last common mistake with the guillotine is, you know... It's very tough to finish a guillotine on your feet against an opponent. It's very tough to get a guillotine on your feet. It does happen, but it's much easier to get it on the ground. The problem with a guillotine is if you cannot hold the opponent's body in place, they can start defending. So achieving a close guard or a half guard or even just blocking their ability to move with your legs um, will I to finish the choke a little bit more efficiently. Okay.
0: Well, that's probably good for this episode. We don't want to, you know, let's just start. Next, let's go guillotine. And then after that, we'll do triangle. Okay. We'll go to Anaconda and Just hit him Darce. with everything. So yeah, let's just go one by one here. This will be... Do you have three hours?
1: No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. I don't you have, have three do hours today.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, because Kroerler doesn't have the commitment um, and isn't standing behind the 30-day guarantee yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he sells it to me, I'll sell it to you. How about that? I'm going to pay a very large amount of Facebook for Facebook ads to have the 30-day guarantee all over Facebook. It's gonna I'm going to invite every one of your relatives.
1: <laughs> it's going to be fake. The whole thing, it's uh, fake. Don't believe him. No.
0: So I, this this was good, and hopefully everyone feels like they learned something about chokes, like they have uh, become a little bit more knowledgeable. Oh, my wow. God. What was that? A little bit more knowledgeable. Damn. <laughs> Um, and I quit, <laughs> and maybe they're, uh, they're now they're woke. They're, they're, oh my they can God. be a woker choker. Oh, Jesus. Um, so we met last time. We're trying to find a ways to end this. We still don't have a great way, but maybe just now let's end it with, Hey, what Disney princess are you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I'm not a Disney princess.
0: Which I, Disney princess? If you don't answer everyone in the world dies, that's.
1: What happens here? It's gonna be a long A wizard
0: movie. appears and says, "I have to make you a Disney pr- princess, <laughs> otherwise I'm forced to destroy the world."
1: Well, goddamn.
0: Well, we have Jasmine, we have Ariel from the Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, Belle. Have you ever seen a
1: Disney movie? Yeah, I've seen Disney movies. I you know not which one do you,
0: do you identify
1: with most? I don't identify with any Disney princess. Oh my god! <laughs> what Disney princess do you identify You're with? You're such an Elsa. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I know the reference. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I guess I'm a Pocahontas, I I think I'd say. Oh, wow. Just a free spirit. I just just enjoy running through the trees and. And falling for the white man? I hang. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You got me. I was thinking more like hanging out with rodents and. Oh, okay. And birds and talking to trees, but.
1: Oh, that's sorry. I took the wrong route with that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good that's a good way to end this one because people are hating on the would you rather last time. Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry folks, we're just trying to trying to come up with a good closer. So, until then, you know, next week we're doing an even worse w- would you rather. So, I'll be ready. Get ready. Thanks. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. If you like us, go to iTunes, leave a review. If you don't like us, I guess you can still leave a review. I'm not your boss. You can do whatever you want. Uh, Also, check out Slap and Fist Bump on Facebook, or you can go to www.slapandfistbump.com for high-quality, unique jujitsu gear. Really cool stuff. Go check them out, guys. Thanks.